You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Anchor.fm. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fretzelmania podcast, Wrestlemania edition. This is your host, Mr. Fretz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the legendary JF. You can find this podcast, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania, on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Spotify, and here on anchor.fm slash Fretzelmania. Give me a one-star review and spread the word, folks. Uh, WrestleMania has come and gone. It was one week ago today, uh, one week ago from this very moment, I was drinking beers. I was drink, eating Doritos, enjoying an amazing WrestleMania from the comfort of my recliner. However, there was something missing. I wanted to be there live. Now, time and money got the best of me. This is a, a trip that is very hard for me to be even to be able to afford. I am going to Comic-Con in June, and, you know, that's going to be my vacation for the year. So, hey, you know what? Knock on wood. Maybe Fretzelmania makes his live debut at Wrestlemania 36 in Tampa. Here's hoping, folks. Maybe I'll make that dream come true. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the folks, my friends in the wrestling community who were there. You know, Everybody from the WrestleAddict Radio Network, from... Double F, Double C, Jeff Pomaccio from the Not Your Mama Soap Opera, from everyone from Rant with Ant, you know, Ant, Issa, Phil, uh, Kings of the Rings, you know, Ricky, Dave, and Willie, you know, good brother Nate from the Game Changer Network. Uh, him and I are going to be reviewing Backlash 2001 this week, so please keep an eye out for that. It is going to be legendary, and it's going to... C- gonna come full circle to many a thing so nate take a shot right there and we'll see you this later this week bud um many other people i know were no on twitter were there um too too many to mention here oh of course i got to talk about kate murphy (laughs) big shout out to kate murphy murphy here uh yeah so without further ado with all my shout outs aside i'm not going to be talking about Yes, WrestleMania 35. It was a very, very long show, about, what, six, seven hours, and I'm not going to complain because I've watched the past three or four Wrestle Kingdoms, and I've watched every WrestleMania since, like, WrestleMania 15. So, no complaints there. I'm going to start with the kickoff show here, and not about Pat McAfee wearing a short with his, not wearing shorts, I mean, not talk about Pat McAfee wearing shorts with his blazer, you idiot. I am talking about the Cruiserweight Championship match between Tony Nese and champion Buddy Murphy. Now, this was a great way to get things started off. We had high energy in this in this opener. Of course, Tony Nese won the number one contendership in a tournament, defeating... Cedric Alexander in the finals. And of course, we know that Cedric Alexander won the vacant title in a match against Mustafa Ali last year. And 
of, of course, that is because a certain someone who will not be named on this show uh, vacated the title due to being fired. So, without mentioning the most unemployed guy in the room, I don't care how you're doing. On to this match. So, we had Nice. Uh, you know, of course, he's, he scored the win here. He won the title. He's a local boy. I believe he's from either Long Island or Jersey. Uh, Kings, help me out here. I don't know because you're from you're from that area and I am not. <laughs> so we just saw great, uh, you know, aerial artistry of 205 Live. We just saw, you know, stiffness from Buddy, from Buddy Murphy who is obsessed with the V-Trigger. This man just love hits hitting flying knees, and I think he's starting to raise a few eyebrows from Kenny Omega. So we saw, you know, we saw V triggers. We saw a Murphy's Law that got a got a near count because, uh, you know, Tony Nice had his foot on the ropes. We saw, we saw Nice hit a corkscrew moonsault 450 splash, which only was able to register a two count, and then we saw this. A sick German suplex into the second turnbuckle and his running knee into the corner, the knees to face, I think it's called, for the one, two, three. And surprisingly, Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy lost his cruiserweight championship to Tony Nice. And I think it's great to see. It's time for a new era on 205 Live. Maybe Buddy Murphy will have a little bit to do on the main roster. I kind of hope. To see him on Raw or SmackDown. Hopefully he wouldn't get lost lost in the shuffle. If I could be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him put on a few matches in in UK. Like Buddy Murphy against, against Walter. Yes, please. That was just a great match. A hot opener. And what wasn't hot was the Women's Battle Royal. Just such little fanfare. Low expectations, and I think a little bit of bitterness in the air because Asuka was in this match, and just a couple of weeks ago, she was the SmackDown Women's Champion without an opponent at WrestleMania. It was kind of kind of disheartening. Uh, I got a feel for like my Asuka fans. You know, I think of people... Uh, Phil, I don't know if you were being sarcastic about the whole Asuka... WrestleMania match thing or not, but it was kind of funny on on Rant with Ant. But your girl Carmella won the Women's Battle Royal, and that was really cool to see her also being a New York, New Jersey girl. Uh, we saw Ember Moon made a surprise return in this match from a from her injury, and she hit a she hit an eclipse off the top rope on Mandy Rose. And we saw the the Riot Squad was looking really good, getting some. Solid, strong booking here. Dana Brooke, for some reason, getting chance and getting some some pop from the crowd. What has she done lately? Uh, anyways, we had Sarah Logan appeared to have the match won. And I was starting to mark out because I have a low-key crush on Sarah Logan. I absolutely love the Riot Squad. But, oh, Carmella was not officially eliminated from the match. She dove back into the ring and eliminated Sarah Logan with a super kick. Uh, yeah, a little underwhelming, but you know, I'll I'll, gi- I'll give it a pass. It got all the women who weren't booked in the tag team title match or the were the main event 
a spot on the card, and Mela getting a nice hometown moment. I'll give it that. It wasn't bad. Now the Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. the Major Bros, a.k.a. the Edgeheads, defeating the Revival for the Raw Tag Team titles in a surprise upset. Uh, Talk about reverse streak. Uh, Kurt Hawkins had, had lost 269, nice, matches in a row. So Zack Ryder wanted to help create a WrestleMania moment for his longtime friend and, and training partner. Now, of course, we know that in, I think it was about 2008, 2009, they were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions as as Edge's little, uh, little twins there because they were part of, you know, La Familia, I believe, with, you know, him and Chavo and Vicky Guerrero and Bam Neely. Now, there's a name you got to Google. If you don't remember Bam Neely, you're not alone. <clears throat> so we had just classic, you know, offense here. The Revival were hitting every tag team finisher known to wrestling, including a torture rack into like an elbow drop or a knee that got big time mustache mountain vibes. We had uh, at the end, we had Hawkins eating a brain buster on the outside. And then back in the ring, there's another tag team finisher moved by the revival. I can't remember which one it was because it was a week. It was a week ago. I was drinking and the revival use every tag team finisher ever. So we finally see Hawkins roll up Dawson in the ring. And the streak is broken. WrestleMania is made for streaks to be broken. From Oscars to the Undertakers. And now the reverse streak. And Kurt Hawkins is now 2 and 269. Because they won the rematch on Monday Night Raw, of course. And honestly, this was the match I wasn't expecting to see on this card. I was expecting to see it on Monday Night Raw. Because the... The crowd, the the the, sorry, the card was already really crowded. But the pre the pre show could eat a couple of minutes because all they do on the pre show is talk. So why not throw in another match here? And then finally, unfortunately, we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The build to this match was shit. We had these Saturday Night Live quote-unquote stars, Colin Yost and Michael Che, and the only reason I remember their names is because I'm reading them on a results page for me to be able to read for this, uh, read notes for this podcast. SNL hasn't been good since Will, since Will Ferrell, and even then it wasn't that good because I come from the uh, the Chris Farley, the David Spade, Adam Sandler, Mike Myers, Norm MacDonald, uh, that whole, Tim Meadows, that whole era, that whole era of SNL, when it was just hit after hit every week, and now these guys are the Weekend Update dudes, and randomly backstage on Raw, they slandered Braun Strowman, they slandered the wrestling industry altogether. And, oh, okay, he's in this match. And Braun won, because of course he did, 
last eliminating those two guys. Okay, this match made no sense. We saw a surprising return of Luke Harper. We saw Mustafa Ali hit a move off the apron, get eliminated, and hit his face on the on the table. We had Andrade landing a Hurricane Rana on Apollo Crews off of the apron that eliminated both of them. You idiot. Braun Strowman tangled with the Hardy Boys. You know, I would have welcomed one or both of them winning this match. I would have rather had the Hardy Boys in the tag team titles match, actually. And yeah, Braun Braun wins. I'm... uh, No. I almost tapped out here, but this was when I was actually making all my food. So I paid little attention to it and paid more attention to my pretzels pretzels, (laughs) which were delicious, by the way. So to start the show after America the Beautiful saying bye, I I forget who, I'm Canadian, I'm sorry, I'll just skip America the Beautiful because I can't um, appreciate it as much as as an American can. So moving on here, we have Alexa Bliss opening opening the show, just talking about how how she has the WrestleMania and the crowd in the palm of her hand and create a WrestleMania moment with a snap of her fingers. I'm sorry, I can't snap today. <clears throat> and when and when she did that, half of the crowd turned into dust, and then she sat down and watched the sunset. Actually, Hulk Hogan came out. He cut his Hulkamania promo, jokingly calling the stadium the Pontiac Silverdome before calling it the MetLife Center. Okay, yeah, the lesser said about Hulk Hogan, the better. We all know that he has said many racist things, and I'm just going to move on from Hulk Hogan because of the amount of respect I actually have for him, which is next to none. However, him and Alexa doing the Hulk up poses, that was cute. I like that. And now, now during real while Wheeler American was still playing, Paul Heyman marches to the ring, and <clears throat> never before have I seen a lesser, a less fitting entrance theme for a guy. So we saw Paul Heyman power walk into the ring, and he said, "If if Brock Lesnar was not main eventing, we were getting the the first flight out of New York." to Las Vegas, where he is ultimately appreciated. Brock Lesnar to AEW confirmed. So, he's just like, okay, we're going to get the Universal title match done now. To the shock of everybody, this was okay. I'm in. So, we had this opening, you know, Brock Lesnar gets his typical reigning, defending, undisputed, Universal Heavyweight Champion, Rock Lesnar. Oh, so sick of that shtick. So Lesnar jumps Rollins before he even reaches the ring and goes to Suplex City, F5 on the floor, tosses him to the ringside barrier. 
over the announce table. And Rollins, who is just, he could see his back was just covered in, in like red and swollen red blotches and bruises and such. Eventually they get back into the ring and with uh, the referee temporarily wiped out, he hits a low blow on Lesnar and then three curb stomps. And then the one, two, three. Seth Rollins is the new Universal Champion, and the crowd just went nuts. They popped huge for this moment. So did I. I was just in absolute shock. Finally, the beast has been slayed. And we should have saw that coming because on Seth Rollins' Titantron before the match, we saw this big ass sword chopped down into his um <clears throat> into his name and we see beast slayer oh that got game of thrones vibes there doesn't it and game and the season premiere of game of thrones is going on as we speak uh that's not a show i watch so i'm just going to move on here before i piss off the game of thrones fans and just like wrestlemania 31 wrestlemania um <clears throat> Seth Rollins exited the arena by swinging the title at the top of the ramp. And yeah, here we go. Maybe Brock goes back to to UFC having his match rumored match against Daniel Cormier. Who knows? He's off for our TVs for now and I'm so pumped. We finally have a universal champion who's going to be there every week fighting and defending. And the fact that it's Seth Rollins makes it just ever so sweeter. A, a solid, a solid A for a for an opening match. Next, the hits just kept on coming because we had AJ Styles against Randy Orton. Now, this was a match that, at first. I had fairly low expectations in there, but I know what both of these wrestlers are are capable of, so I'm it didn't take me long to get sold back into this match, especially since on SmackDown leading up to it we had the phenomenal forearm which was countered into the RKO out of kind of nowhere. I would have saved that finish for WrestleMania, but because I saw that on SmackDown I had a hunch that AJ Styles was winning. And he did. And there goes my phone. We had... Styles was lucky enough to avoid three RKO attempts until Orton finally actually landed one and AJ Styles kicked out. We see Styles... He just hit the spot of the match when he connected with a stiff springboard phenomenal forearm onto the outside... Uh, Styles did one more forearm that was initially countered by an RKO attempt. However, Styles got him back with a with a chin breaker on the ropes, and then a perfectly nailed phenomenal forearm for the one, two, three. And SmackDown remains the house that AJ Styles built, unless he gets drafted to Raw tomorrow night, which 
which is possible. And now the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos defending against The Bar. The team of Ricochet and Aleister Black. And Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, I think this was booked just to get a whole bunch of these teams on, on the card. Ricochet and Aleister Black, of course, just had an instant classic against the War Raiders on the Friday before at, at NXT TakeOver New York. And then and then this was just I think this was just built to get a whole bunch of teams on. So it was it was frantic, it was fun, it was short. But the fact that we got the Usos retaining on a main card WrestleMania to me is huge. You know, of course we know last year they walked into WrestleMania, had a match against the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers. I would have actually rather had that match only be against the New Day and then maybe the winner of that match drops it to Harper and Rowan on the SmackDown after. But it's ancient history. We can't change it. Time travel's not a thing yet. So let's let's not worry about the past. So not only were there a whole bunch of comedic spots built into this match, we had this, which, this thing which included an insanely long Cesaro string Cesaro swing that's a tongue twister if I ever heard one in the center of the ring as just as Seamus was landing the 10 beats of the Bolderon or have I'm sorry I'm not my Gaelic is not that strong being uh, <clears throat> mostly German and we just saw Black and Ricochet almost win the title with the you know with the Black Mass and the 630 Splash but then everyone just came in and broke the pin. We see a wild sequence of strikes late in, late in the center of the ring. We saw the super kicks. We saw the Kinshasa, Rus, uh, Machka kick, Black Mass, of course. And then finally, Sheamus eats the double super kicks. And then the Usos hit the uh, tandem splashes to win this match. It was fun. It was quick. It was the Uso Penitentiary. Now, it's a little side note. The SmackDown after this, the Usos defended the, their tag team titles against the Hardy Boys in a dream match that should have taken place here. But I digress. The Hardys won the tag team titles in an instant classic, and the moment was ruined by, of course, Lars Sullivan. However... 20 years later, more than that, more like 25 years later, and the Hardy Boys, once again, tag team champions, it's inspiring. It's awesome. However, here, the Usos win, and it, it wasn't bad. It was good. It was fun. But was what was fun, which actually surprised me because I thought this match was going to stink up the joint, is Shane McMahon versus The Miz in a false count anywhere match. Now, I'm not going to talk much about this match. We saw Mr. Miz, George Mizanin, jump the barricade to stand over his son as to prevent McMahon from coming off the top rope. Uh, Mr. Miz entered the ring and got in Shane's face and then got the shit kicked out of him. And I loved it because I'm not a fan of Miz. 
Ergo, I'm not a fan of Mr. Miz. So that was just perfect. We see the whole match just turn into a bunch of plunder, baby, and I must apologize for my that the Rhodes impersonation is not that good, baby. Um, eventually, they climb up this scaffolding. Uh, yeah, this big scaffolding program, and I think, okay, yeah, Shane McMahon's going to dive off this. And then Miz superplexed him off of it. Holy shit moment of the night. And then we see, you know, McMahon just gets his arm over and pins the Miz. Shocked me. And I thought, you know, I thought the Miz was going to win this match, but Shane McMahon just comes back in, sneaks in, and is still undefeated in Falls Count Anywhere matches. Just ask the big show. Oh, just ask the uh, one of the matches we're going to be covering at Backlash this this week. Spoilers! <laughs> Yeah, so this match was actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. That superplex spot was scary. It was borderline unnecessary, but damn. Okay, I'm going to give them that. And now I'm going to take a quick non-commercial commercial break and come back at you with the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Stay tuned, deuces. The Women's Tag Team Championship with the Boston Hugs Connection Defending against the Iconics, Beth Phoenix and Natalia and Nia Jackson Tamina. Now, this was a fun match with a surprise finish that was actually iconic. Uh, we had, you know, Natalia placing both of the Boston Hugs connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey, in the sh- sharpshooter in the same time. And I just, I actually just remembered this now, and I, I had to mention that we had, we had the Divas of Doom coming out as the Heart Foundation, and just as they were about to come out to the ring, Brett, the Hitman Heart, just right here, right in the hot, pun intended, but no pun intended, right in the heart, right here. We see Brett come out, and knowing what happened to him the previous night at the Hall of Fame ceremony, uh, like, seriously, earmuffs, kids, fuck that guy. Fuck him for jumping Brett in the middle of his speech. And where the shit was the security for that? I'm not going to get into that rant now, but I'm glad Brett's okay. It was so... So amazing to see him come out here and give give the nod to to Natalia and and Beth. Uh, it was just so heartwarming. Damn it, pun intended again. You you know what I mean, folks. I'm gonna make. I'm not gonna be making enough any heart puns. But I do believe there was a heart attack in this match. There was um, double Simone drops. There was. You know, Sasha and Bailey being locked in the sharpshooter together. And in amongst the chaos, we had Beth Phoenix hit a top rope glam slam on Bailey. Holy shit. And I thought that was the finish of the match. And we were going to have a Hall of Famer as a tag team champion. Nope. 
Peyton Royce breaks up the pin, knocks Phoenix out of the ring, tags it, hits a blind tag, pins Bailey, and the Iconics win the Women's Tag Team Championship. And it was just such a heartwarming moment. Damn it, there I go again with the heart puns. But you could see the instant we heard the the count of three, the instant we heard that crowd pop, and they popped huge for the Iconics. You can just see Pey- Peyton and Billy just starting to cry, just starting to ball. And it, it gets you right here. It was so sweet to see. And, you know, of course, we know these two are lifetime friends, you know, way back even from high school in Australia. And they came up in the business together. And these they are hilarious, too. I'm getting big-time Edge and Christian vibes. I think you could tell they were inspired by Edge and Christian because they're they're hilarious. And their in-ring in work is actually getting a lot, a lot better because they got called up last year. And I, I wasn't sure. But then I remembered I saw, uh, was it Billy Kay was in like a Four Corners match with Asuka, Nikki Cross, and I think Ember Moon from an NXT TakeOver. And yeah, they're they're better than they get credit for, folks. This was iconic. Speaking of iconic, the WWE Championship match was next. The new Daniel Bryan defending against Kofi Kingston of the New Day. Now, after 11 long years in the WWE, Kofi Kingston finally gets a title opportunity. And the fact that it took this long is actually it's inexcusable. It's staggering. Now, we all know he had this push kind of taken away from him due to a uh, stupid, stupid, you know, incident with Randy Orton. Yeah, it sucked. And it took him way, way too long to bounce back from this. <sighs> I'm sorry, pardon me. Um, <clears throat> This is what I get for recording at 9.30 at night after working, working the morning shift. Um, Kofi Kingston here made history and became the first African-American WWE champion ever. And this was huge. The build-up to this match was ironically paralleled to that of Daniel Bryan. And he is now on the other side of that booking. And it is... It is full circle. Take a shot, Nate. Best full circle moment ever. Now, in this match, we saw just all the drama from the crowd, from the crowd, excuse me, from interference spots getting thwarted by the New Day. Every time Rowan tried to get get involved, here comes Big E and Xavier doing like, no, you 
friggin' don't. You're not you're not ruining this for Kofi. We saw Kofi fight out of a long, long LaBelle lock attempt from Daniel Bryan that got the crowd hot. He reverses Bryan into a ground and pound, reminiscent of the um you know, the holding up the arms and the stomp spots that Daniel Bryan does just before working finishing off his opponent. We saw Kingston line up and hit the trouble in paradise. And the crowd goes absolutely freaking crazy. Pop of the night, moment of the night, first African-American WWE champion. And the fact that it took this long, what the shit. But if anyone deserves to be the first, it's Kofi. Kofi mania, baby. Here we go. This is the era we live in now. And we saw, of course, that eco-friendly hemp WWE title get lobbed in the bin. And under this, and under the um, blanket, I guess you should say, we are presented with the original WWE title already with the Kofi side plates. And when that's unveiled, and you can tell it, the second the match is over, Xavier Woods is crying. And he's a, he's dramatically unveiling this thing while bawling his eyes out. He sees it. He just goes even more nuts. They lift, do they lift Kofi onto his shoulders? The crowd goes absolutely crazy, chanting Kofi, Kofi. And if you heard that uh, familiar sounding music at the beginning of this, I think it would have been cool if Kofi at least came out to the Cedric's theme. This was the moment of the night for me. This was the this was the peak that WrestleMania reached because after this match we kind of hit a bit of a slump. That's what happens when you book a 7-hour WrestleMania. And once, you know, Kofi had his kids in the ring, you know, that that's when I lost it. It was so heartwarming just to watch him have that moment with his family, with his wife and his kids, and with his two best friends in the whole world. And yeah, it's it, it, it gets you. I, I just watched this match again, and it was just amazing from bell to bell. I give all the props in the world to everybody from Daniel Bryan to Rowan to The New Day to Kofi for executing everything in this match flawlessly. And now we're backstage, and the weekend update guys are getting checked out in the um, <clears throat> in the back, the nurses station, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, medical office. There, there we go. So Alexa comes in and says that they they're going to get the best attention. And when the doctors turn around. Who else is it but Scott Hall and Kevin Nash strapping on the rubber gloves? Okay, that's funny. I, I love me some uh, some NWO here. And now we had the United States Championship on the line, and this match was over in one minute. 
I went to the I went to get another beer and put my dishes in the sink and then Coquina Clutch matches over. Okay, that was a waste of a mania spot. But this was Samoa Joe's first WrestleMania and unfortunately just before this match, Rey Mysterio suffered an injury. Oh, and he came out as Mysterio, the Marvel villain. Awesome. Uh, big time full circle moment there and big time irony. I like that. Now, this match was too quick. I know Rey Mysterio probably couldn't compete too much because of his ankle injury. So they had to. They had to do something. I would have rather had this match with have him go against someone like Andrade so they can get a good match out of it because this is Joe's first WrestleMania. I know last year he was injured and I think the year the year before he was either injured or still in NXT and it just hasn't been good luck for him, but he gets his moment and I'll take it. Next up here, Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. Now coming off the emotion of Kofi Kingston's championship victory. This was kind of a come down match. I mean, it was physical. And both of these men are insanely talented. And they can put on a very good match. I'm just not sure the the crowd was into it. Uh, this, is a ma- this is a match that I think Drew McIntyre could have won. Should have is a different story. I know that they're using his real life comeback from leukemia, and I respect that. Um, you know, my members of my family being cancer survivors, I have one member who is um, unfortunately going through a pretty bad bout right now, and I want and I want to send love to this particular person. I'm not going to name their name, uh, but I hope that you're that they're doing well. They will never hear this anyways, but sending, sending my love out there. Um, so this was a card we already had feel-good stories with and inspiring moments. Some would say that this was gratuitous, but a Roman Reigns win here doesn't hurt Drew McIntyre's position on the card, if you know what I'm saying. I know m- Money in the Bank is is coming up next month and he's a prime candidate to go for the title i mean the briefcase if he isn't going to be in a title match and he's out he's actually my pick to win the whole thing so we of course we saw roman reigns rally late into the match with a superman punch and a spear you know what you know I became a Roman fan around just around this time last year when he was in the main event. For a long while, I was one of the vocal majority booing the shit out of this man until I just stopped. And I think that uh, Ant, Rant with Ant, if you're hearing this right now, you had something to do with that. You helped me become a Roman Reigns fan. And I'll give you credit for that. And now next, we saw Elias enter the ring with his guitar for his WrestleMania concert. And I knew we were in for the performance of a lifetime. So we tossed two video versions of himself playing the guitar 
and playing the piano, playing with himself on his instrument. Thanks for that, John Ritland. Thanks. So then we see this video montage of Babe Ruth and the New York Yankees and the 1932 World Series. And I didn't know what to think of this. Once I saw this, I, I knew it wasn't The Undertaker. But who else could it be? This music hit. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big, basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugonomics. Word life. Thugonomics, John Cena. I would start rapping his theme right now, but I absolutely cannot rap. So I will spare you the I will spare you the um, embarrassment. Word life, basic thugonomics, much to the shock and delight of the New York crowd here. Now he gets under the ring. He cuts his, one of his classic cutting battle raps against Elias saying that WWE doesn't stand for walk with Elias, but wasted wrestling experiment. He references dogs and calls Elias a piece of shih tzu. Then he, he brings out a bag of, of pistachios, one which I have in my hand right now. Actually, the very same brand that John Cena had in his hand, the Wonderful roasted salted pistachios available at grocery stores everywhere. Totally not a cheap plug. Pay me. He gets he gets out these pistachios and says, Your face looks like my nuts, except I have a hairier bush. Oh TMI, dude. So of course we see the five knuckle shuffle, not before John Cena pumps up his Air Jordans. Nails not the attitude adjustment, but the FU to Elias to end this segment. And this was, this was fun. This was just awesome. Now, I thought WrestleMania, this was going to be where the Undertaker interrupts Elias. But of course, that happened the next night on Monday Night Raw. You know, he's like, whoever interrupts Elias is going to be a dead man. Gong. And maybe this is setting up their feud for the Saudi show. Who knows? Now coming up next, Triple H versus Batista in a no-holds-barred match. Now, of course, we know if Triple H loses this match, he he retires his in-ring career. But he only wrestles like once or twice a year, so he's basically already there. Now, this came into hour six of an already long show. These two told a hell of a story that, of course, dated back all the way to SmackDown 1000, where it was like, you know, Triple H has done it all, except beat me, says Batista. Then, of course, as I covered on a previous episode of the podcast, uh, Batista comes out, interrupts Ric Flair's birthday party, drags drags his corpse out of uh, 
out of the locker room, you know, hey, Hunter, do I have your attention now? Huh? They'll say, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Cue Botchamania putting in the Spice Girls. LOL. Now, both of these men are at or pushing 50, and they put it all out in the ring. And of course, they come out to some ridiculous entrances, like uh, Triple H coming out to this whole Mad Max thing. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Sure. Then Batista gets like a whole caravan of SUVs, and he almost flops going into the ring. Dude. WrestleMania. Oh, man, the Internet's going to eat this one up. Oh, and they have, by the way. Spoiler alert. So, we see some wacky shit in this match with, like, uh, Triple H getting a pair of pliers, and we we see him, like, trying, you know, rip Batista's nose ring out. Um, gross. Uh, this is when I would have started chanting, CZ Dub! CZ Dub! Uh, yeah. So we saw the match was just riddled with a whole bunch of near falls, you know, the Batista bomb, the pedigree, weapons, table spots on the outside, kickouts from the finishing moves. We see Batista backdrop into an announce table that didn't break and then speared through another one. And yet trip, Triple H wins. Okay. Yeah, he's still not retired. And after this match online, Batista, you know, he announces his retirement from wrestling. And if you're if you're gonna go out going up against Triple H, your longtime friend, sure. I mean, this match was fun, but we were we were long into the show, and I was I was getting tired and possibly drunk by this point, so. Fun one. I'll I'll get I'll give this one a solid a solid uh, B minus. And next we had Kurt Ang- Angle's farewell match against Baron Corbin. Corbin wins with the end of days. Moving on. Oh, do I have to talk about this bullshit? Okay, I'll give it a D minus. Angle going out on top, but against Corbin. So, yeah, Angle hits four German suplexes. Almost had the match won. He badly missed a moonsault. End of days. After the match, you know, Kurt Angle said thank you and exited to his theme song one final time until Monday Night Raw the next night when he came out again and put Baron in the ankle lock and then, um, of course, was attacked by Lars Sullivan. If you're going to go out, go out on top. Baron Corbin, I know this is where everyone was expecting John Cena, but I believe it's kind of like The Rock's appearance a couple of years ago where you can't 
get competitive because you're shooting a movie and you don't want to risk injury. You know, that's why The Rock had a six-second match with Eric Rowan a couple of years ago. I think that was in Dallas. Uh, so maybe that's why we only had John Cena hitting an FU. But Kurt Angle, one of my all-time favorites. I'm, I am going to be doing a Kurt Angle episode slash blog very soon. Thank you, Kurt Angle. Thank you so much for entertaining me for 20 years, for always putting a smile on my face every time I saw you step into the ring. And now, unfortunately, this this being the popcorn match right before the main event, <clears throat> the Intercontinental Championship, Bobby Lashley defending against the Demon Finn Balor. Now, thanks to the show being close to midnight here in the Eastern Time Zone, it was dark, which made the Demon's entrance all that more special. That made it all that more epic. So, Lashley speared Balor through the ropes and through to the floor. And a second spear in the ring could only get Lashley a two. And then Balor, who threw the mattress, trying his damnedest to deliver a power bomb on, on Lashley. Incredible power by, by Finn here. Because Bobby, my God, I can't stop yawning. I'm sorry, folks. Um, Balor hits the power bomb and a coup de gras winning back the title he never should have lost in the first place. Now, there wasn't much storyline here, but after the screw job that they had Lashley win the match by, it's only natural that he summons the demon. And it's WrestleMania. And it's New York. Okay, I'll give him that. I'm glad Finn is the champ again, but yikes. And next, before I talk about the main event, the history-making main event, I will take a quick non-commercial commercial break, and we will be right back. I will be right back talking about this, the history-making first ever women's main event of WrestleMania. Stay tuned, deuces. Finally, it's time <clears throat> for the historic women's main event. The first ever women's main event in WrestleMania history. Winner take all. Becky Lynch challenging Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey and SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Now, Charlotte had channeled her father once again with a historic Flair entrance, this time with the helicopter. Oh, man, just big-time Starcade vibes coming out once again for, for Miss Wu. Now, this match, despite starting just before midnight, or around midnight, the crowd 
was getting kind of dead because we were at hour seven of WrestleMania, and here we are, finally. Now, they wanted to match the intensity shown by each wrestler in the ring. However, if you're sitting in a chair for that long, you'll get restless. However, these three ladies absolutely killed it. We saw a Spanish fly from the top rope by <clears throat> by Charlotte. My God, that's an awesome move. We saw you know, Becky Lynch breaking up a figure eight by doing a flying wag drop off the top rope. We see, you know, Rousey hits the back of her head on the floor after, you know, Becky Lynch drop kicks her, sending her flying outside of the ring. Now the finish of the match here, some say it was botched. I'm not entirely sure because we saw, you know, Rousey lift up Becky in the Piper's pit and then it was reversed into a crucifix pin and Becky wins both titles. And now giving her the appropriate nickname of Becky Two Belts. The man is co-branded women's champion. Now, I don't know what this means for the titles, if they're going to unify it, or if Becky is going to drop one or both of them. Who knows? I'm just excited that Becky Lynch, like the most popular female wrestler in the company, is at the top of the food chain. I mean, we stood on her side after SummerSlam, after her quote-unquote heel turn, which was more of a mega babyface turn, because at Brooklyn, um, <laughs> what well, we know what happened. You know, she congratulated Charlotte and then just beat the living shit out of her. It was awesome. It was hilarious. We saw Evolution, which was also in the New York area. Uh, Becky and Charlotte in the last woman standing match. Another history maker right there. Uh, them just taking lumps out of each other. And Becky standing tall to a deafening pop. And tonight, or should I say, or that night, I should say, because WrestleMania was seven days ago. It doesn't feel like seven days ago. It feels like seven weeks ago. She stands tall once again, and it was awesome. You know, Rousey was visibly upset after the match, just giving out to the raft, talking about, you know, her shoulders being up or something. And I'm going to give the ladies just an absolute A-plus for this match. It is amazing to see you women's wrestling once again taking a step up and i don't know how much more epic you can get from here because you had we've had the first ever women's like ladder match iron woman match tlc match cage hell in the cell royal rumble elimination chamber wrestlemania main event entire women's pay-per-view i'm loving this and no, I'm not just saying this because I'm a guy and women are wrestling. Stop it, you perv. It's finally great to see the women in wrestling get taken seriously. And get, well, I'm not going to say equal treatment yet, but get great treatment and great booking. 
years and years ago, we saw this give divas a chance hashtag. And although it was like the Bella twins in matches, they were honing their craft back then. They were improving. And not many people will agree, but the Bellas, their first ballot, they're, they're going to be Hall of Famers. And honestly, I think they deserve it. Sure, at first, they weren't that good in the ring, but the Bellas honed their craft and they improved and they got the respect of of the wrestling world and yes they mar- they happen to marry two very prominent main event wrestlers and have well a honestly terrible reality show i think that their place in history their place in the in this women's revolution is is deserving and then we saw you know the nxt call-ups we saw charlotte sasha and bailey all come up at the same time and join these different factions and becky it's it's amazing i mean uh ladies if any of my female if any of the um any females i follow or any females listening right now, this is for you. You deserve this as wrestling fans, as female wrestling fans, to have these role models, these ladies, these history makers, um, you know, make make history. This is for you. A big cheers to you all. Now, seven and a half hours later, WrestleMania 35 is over. And I can honestly say this was one of the best WrestleManias I've ever watched. Long? Yes. But still, full of epic moments. And... WWE doesn't always give us what we want. Give us the moments that we want. But tonight we got it. We got Kofi winning the WWE title. We had Seth Rollins winning the Universal title. We had the Iconics shocking the world and winning the women's tag team titles. Because honestly, I thought that the Boston Hugs would have retained and came out here at the end of this match with... You know, Charlotte and Becky and having their four horsewomen moment. Now that moment, that match, we'll have to wait. I still think we're going to get it, although we're getting some really conflicting reports about the uh, attitude of Bailey and Sasha Banks. Honestly, uh, I don't believe it. I haven't seen many reputable sources because one of these sources happened to be uh, slice wrestling everyone's uh favorite blocked twitter account so i'm i'm not even going to take that with a pinch of salt i'm not even going to believe it G- going back to this to this wrestlemania we had moment after moment and match after match hit after hit the show dragged on a little bit towards the end because i think we hit that peak 
at Kofi Kingston winning. And then we hit kind of the, you know, going back down that mountain, you know, when you're going, when you're going up this giant hill, if you're on a bicycle and then all of a sudden you see this giant hill. I mean, I had one near my house, so I know exactly what, what this is like. And then you just, you just go down the hill and then it has another peak in a valley. This will get a 9 out of 10 for me. The only thing that'll, that sours its grade is the Baron Corbin-Kurt Angle match. And Kurt Angle jobbing to Corbin on his way out. Honestly, I don't think it's the right move. And it was possibly the wrong opponent. But who am I to judge? Because I'm not Kurt Angle. I'm not Baron Corbin. Maybe Angle wanted to give him the rub, and maybe Baron's going to get an actual main event run out of this. You know, he's actually my second pick to win money in the bank, and maybe he'll cash in on Kofi or Seth and get the ultimate heat. And that intrigues me. It would piss me off because I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin, to be fair, I used to be, but, but whatever. And then just the, the surprise of Thugonomics John Cena was, was hilarious. It brought me to my feet, uh, cause well, Kofi Kingston brought me to my feet. It bloody almost brought me to tears because I, I started watching all the reactions of, um, uh, you know, African-Americans that I, that I know, like, you know, either ones that work for the WWE or ones that used to be in the WWE or, you know, some, some of my friends on Twitter uh, posting just reactions of them crying. And I, I felt you right there, guys, you know, I'm white, but you know, I, I, I was with you right there. I wanted Kofi to win so bad. And I just have to give a shout out, give a, a hug, a handshake, a fist bump, whatever to, you know, anyone who's listening to this, who's African-American, like finally, finally it happened. I can't be more excited for Kofi Kingston and I want him to have a good run with it. That's all I got to say about that, that, that moment there of Seth Rollins. Shot. Like, I, I predicted I predicted all th- Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, and Kofi Kingston to all win. And although people didn't say this to me directly, I would always get think see think polls on Twitter. Oh, one has to lose. Who's who's it's gonna be? Well, none. Maybe once in a blue moon, we get what we want. Vince McMahon is listening. He's not listening to me talk right now. I hope. Uh, that he's not listening, but he does. And we got it. We got moment after moment. And folks, it was, for a lack of a better term, iconic. Now, thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, I owe you a Coke, because I have rambled on here for far, far too long. I am going to bed. Uh, folks, later in the week, look out for me um, on the Game Changer podcast with Nate the Effing Great. 
Follow him on on Twitter at RealFNGame. Uh, follow me at the legendary JF. Keep an eye out for me. Um, I'm going to be soon be putting up a blog on rantwithant.com. Be the brand. Um, yeah, uh, thank you very much. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. And we'll see you next time. What am I going to re- be reviewing next time? Well, you're just going to have to wait and see. Peace out.